0: Glory to Jesus Christ, Glory to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The voice crying in the wilderness today is silenced with his beheading. We have before us in the center of the church an icon depicting John the Baptist. And you may notice something odd about this depiction of a saint. He has wings. For he was a messenger. He was the voice of God. He was the voice crying in the wilderness preparing the way for the Messiah, for our Lord Jesus Christ. And you can see in his depiction even on the iconostasis of his way of life. We know that he ate honey and locust, that that was his main foodstuffs, that's what he ate to survive, that he was out in the desert. You can see that he does not have the fine cloak of the Theotokos or any of the other saints, but he has a rough camel skin or animal skin that he has around him. His hair looks like he probably hasn't been to the salon any time recently. He is wild. He's in the desert. He is like the prophets of old. In the Gospel reading this morning, when King Herod hears about Jesus, he thinks... It's John the Baptist come back from the dead. The one I beheaded, it is Elijah. For there was an expectation for Elijah, for a prophet, for a Messiah, for a prophet to prepare the way for the Messiah. John the Baptist was the greatest of men. He is the last of the line of prophets. And as we come uh, to a new ecclesiastical year within the Orthodox Church, September 1st is considered the new year for the Church, and we are coming up to that date. We have had the falling asleep in the translation of the Mother of God, and now we have the death of John the Baptist. You can see here in this icon, John the Baptist and the Theotokos, two fruits of holiness from the Old Testament. In some ways, you can see... All of the holiness of the temple and the Theotokos and the holiness and stridency of all of the prophets in John the Baptist. And what gets John the Baptist's head taken from him? Was it because he was baptizing those out in the Jordan that he was commending those to give of their means, to obey uh, their... When the soldiers come, they ask, what can we do? He says, uh, be satisfied with your money. Produce works that are fit for repentance. This is not what he gets his head taken for. John the Baptist's head is taken because he makes a stand for marriage. He makes a public stand for the sanctity of marriage... Because Herod has broken the sanctity of marriage. He's taken his brother's wife unlawfully. It's probably an open secret. Nobody else wants to say anything. Nobody else has the gall, the courage. But John the Baptist does. John the Baptist, a courageous man. A man, as the Trapion says, willing to suffer for the truth. And then we have Herod. Herod, as the gospel tells us, feared John. He knew he was a just and holy man. He even protected him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Herod is not always, uh, we always think of Herod and we think, really, really bad guy. Herod is somebody who had conviction, who actually appreciated the holy. He feared John. He saw in this wild-eyed prophet something coming from God. But we also know that Herod liked pleasure. He obviously cannot control himself, that he must have his brother's wife, even if it's unlawful. And, of course, when it comes to the birthday, he's going to have a big shindig, and it's going to be, shall we say, a little risque of a party. He has dancing going on. He has the center of pleasure before him. And in the height of his ecstasy, the height of his losing his mind to lust, he promises half of his kingdom. He's completely beside himself. We're in a completely different, if John the Baptist may be a little crazy, or most of us would be like, okay, he's out there, he's beyond the Jordan, he's in the wilderness. Now we have Herod who's lost his mind completely in the different direction. He's not crazy about God, he's crazy about himself and how he's going to find that pleasure. When the temptation comes, he submits to it readily. And when it comes now, he has to produce the head of John the Baptist, the one whom he feared, the one who he thought was holy and just. The scriptures tell us that because of the promises he made, and because of those who were around him, those who sat with him, he didn't want to lose face. He knew that he was in a quandary, a pickle, and so he submits. And he takes the head of John the Baptist. Brothers and sisters, we have before us two paths. We have John the Baptist, one who controlled his desires, who was a great ascetic prophet, faithful to God, courageous in the face of public scorn, ready to suffer for the truth, for the sanctity of marriage. And then we had Herod, One who, from step by step, enjoyed his pleasures, his small things, was faith without faith in the small things, and therefore, when it came to the big things of defending what is holy, what is righteous, what he knew and feared, he gives way. He's caught, he's trapped, and he sees no way out. Herod, a man of pleasure, a life of pleasure, but it starts with all the small things. Maybe I can take something that's unlawful, my brother's wife. Maybe we'll have a party. It'll be okay. it will keep it under control. Then he finds himself in the depths. Let us imitate John the Baptist, faithful in small things, so that he may be faithful in large things, keeping the fast, keeping Attending of the services, keeping our prayers, reaching out and calling out to God, seeking righteousness, producing fruit worthy of repentance, maybe it's going to make us look a little crazy. Maybe it's going to make us sit outside of polite society, as it were. But who is vindicated? Who is the one that we revere today? Who will we meet in the resurrection? Through the prayers of John the Baptist, let us give glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.